but in any other day or age, this would be the most mundane, boring <laughs> ass motherfucking story I've ever heard in my life. Like but dream? I'm like, oh my, I would just be like this. Why are we talking about this on the podcast? But that thermometer, I'm into the thermometer story. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Do you, do you constantly think that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, I, we obviously have brain connection right now because I was going to finish my question, which is, do you constantly feel aches and pains? Like something's yes. wrong. All the time. Yes. Every little scratch, if my knee hurts, if my head, like if my head even tingles a tiny bit, I'm like, fuck, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. And all that doesn't help because I just keep on scrolling on Twitter to listen and read about other people suffering from this. And it makes me so sad, but I can't help but spiral in my own mind. I went for a run so, the other day and I like had shortness of breath. Yes. <laughs> because I was running. Yes. And then yep. I was like, oh, I can't remember. Did I feel like this before or I know. when I ran or only now? The other thing I was going to say about paranoia is um, Corey and I were kind of having like an anxiety spiral yesterday or two days ago. And I was like, listen, I'm going to brew us up some tea because, you know, Lainey, I like um, I've like stuffed up on my Chinese herbs. So I made him this tea that was supposed to make us feel very calm. And then all of a sudden, within like finishing our cup, we started coughing, throat started to close up and we just kept on coughing for a solid 15 minutes. But we didn't figure it out by then. Like we were, we didn't really make the link that it was the fucking tea that was closing up our throat. And we were both like, oh my God, we both have it. And then that leads to starting to make your body feel hot. Then you think you have a fever. Anyway, this is not a good mindset. Mm -mm. And I'm feeling like a lot of other people feel this way too. Um, so, but we're okay right now. Yeah. We're okay right now. Um, I think so. <laughs> I... <laughs> I constantly think that I have a fever. And two weeks ago, like right before this hit, I went to the grocery store and I was looking for a thermometer because they say everybody should have a thermometer at home, right? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, like- No thermometers. There were no thermometers <laughs> except this one kind. So it's one of those, you know, when you go to a store and like there are some items that you can just grab yourself- and then there are other items that are like attached to each other by <laughs> plastic. What are those called? Like cuffs, right? And oh, like the expensive stuff, like the stuff you they don't want you to steal. I guess. So okay. I had to get a clerk. I had to wait for a clerk, which there were no clerks because the store was so busy. So I had to like stay there and like wave one down. And I was like, "Can you get that for me?" And she was like, "Oh yeah, no problem." 
And so I saw a sign on the shelf. It said fourteen ninety five. I was like, okay, well, that's pretty expensive for a fucking thermometer. But <laughs> whatever. Like I, I need a thermometer. But he says you need a thermometer. So she like cuts it off. And because I was actually only there to buy the thermometer and maybe like a cabbage, I went to the self-checkout, which, you know. like They I sell cabbage at a shopper's? You no. bought, buy your produce from shoppers? No, I went to the grocery store. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I go to the self-checkout and I like ring my cabbage in and then I, you know, <laughs> scan the thermometer and I, by mistake, scanned it <laughs> By mistake, you know how those scanners are sometimes really sensitive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I scanned it twice, and then I looked at the screen, and it said $205. And I was like, what kind of thermometer did I just buy? (gasps) So then I deleted one of the thermometers, and I the thermometer was $95. Stop. Stop. So I was like, oh, fuck. But there there were no other thermometers. So you bought the so, $100 thermometer? I am in possession of a $100 thermometer. Okay. So anyway, I <laughs> let me finish the story. So then I bring it home and I'm like, fuck, um, I got to show this to Yasik. He's always on my ass about having expensive taste and only getting like the fucking Ferrari of things. Everything. Yeah. So I was a little bit, I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking hear it from him. Um so I was like, listen, this is what happened. Everybody says you, sh- you should have a thermometer. We actually don't have one in the house. It's a thing that you should ha- everyone should have in the house. Right. And I was like, but they're all sold out. And then this is what happened. And by the time I scanned it, it was $95. Oh. And he's like, let me see it. <laughs> so he takes it out of the package. Um, instead of being annoyed, he was like, oh, cool. Because here's what it is. It's the kind that's a fucking laser and you hold it away from your forehead and oh. it doesn't have to touch you. Yes, I know. And it can get your temperature. Those are like majorly coveted. They have them in China. They don't fucking ever seem to have them in Canada. You have one of those? I have one of those. They're $95. If, if you were a good ass fucking citizen, you would be driving to the airport and fucking getting everybody who is coming in <laughs> from out of the province or out of the country and doing that. So you those hold, are what we actually need. So you hold it up to your fucking head. Yeah. And it takes like whatever, a second or two. And to then read it. And then it reads. Anyway, so of course, because it was a toy to Yasek, he was like, oh, cool. Look what you could do. We, oh, my God. The first day we brought it home, we took our temperature like five times. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my point is that since I constantly think I have a fever, I am always getting that thing and like lasering my forehead. Um, oh, the, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's, I, I'll show it to you. Well, I'll take a picture of it and show it to you because we're on FaceTime right now. What's so crazy is I'm so riveted by this story, but in any other day or age, this would be the most mundane, boring <laughs> ass motherfucking story I've ever heard in my life. Like but dream? I'm like, oh my God, I would just be like this. Why are we talking about this on the podcast? But that thermometer, I'm into the thermometer story. For fuck's sake. Anyway, everybody, I would like you to know that I am in possession of like the thermometer, like the fucking thermometer of all thermometers. Yes, you absolutely are. I'm actually jealous. <laughs> anyway, God help us. Okay. Shall we get to um your drama? Yeah, bring it. Well, not yours, but people's. Okay. Ready? Yep. Hello, Sasha and Lainey. I started a new job in September at a big company where I currently work in management. 
I love my job, but there's just one thing, more like a person who's really making things uncomfortable for me. There isn't many sexually diverse people in the company, so ever since a coworker found out I'm gay, as is she, she has become fixated on me and repeatedly makes inappropriate comments. Let's call her Ellen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's call her Ellen and I can be Kara. Ellen is consistently making sexual comments to me in front of others. For example, don't you hate it when you can't find the hole, Kara? Or once when I got my nails done too long, she said, you're obviously not getting any. She even went as far to tell another coworker that I am a baby les, whatever that means. Um, Ellen also makes general comments that I consider inappropriate and will look at me after she says it. As if I'm the only one who knows what she means. Like a time she said she would be the one pitching nurses' asses in the nursery home. Pinching nurses' asses in the nursery home. Typically, I shut these comments down by either not responding and even saying that's enough, um, but playfully. For me, it's difficult because I have never been the kind of person who openly talks sexually, paired with the fact that not many people in the office know I'm a lesbian. Ellen is much older than me, and I think she believes she and I have a special bond. Ellen being 50 plus and myself being 28. I also know she'd been closeted for most of her life. If this was a man talking to me, I'd go straight to HR. Though, because I do feel some solidarity with her, I wouldn't feel good, um, I wouldn't feel good doing that. Having come from a different generation, Ellen didn't always have the ability to openly talk about her sexuality. And I also don't want to hold her to a higher standard just because she's queer. So what do you think both, uh, what do you both think I should do, Kara? This is a great question. And I think Kara is actually being very, very, very fair and flexible with Ellen. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that Kara brings up a really great point that if anybody else was doing this to the point where it was making her feel uncomfortable, she would go to HR. And um, of course, I get the solidarity. I, I also get that she doesn't want to make this a big deal. But I actually think that that falls by the wayside. If in fact, Kara doesn't like these comments, like if she can actually um, like really separate those two things and, and can face the fact that this is actually very inappropriate behavior, I don't care what your um, gender is, that should still apply if you're not feeling comfortable, that you should go to HR. I, before taking that step, would probably go up to Ellen and be like, Yo, Ellen, this isn't making me feel comfortable. Um, they're slightly inappropriate. Do you think we could tone that shit down and have that real one-to-one -one with Ellen? If she doesn't listen, then I think HR is the right way to go. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you in, in terms of how I personally, like Lainey, would handle this. There doesn't seem to be, like Kara doesn't mention here that there's a power difference in their workplace mm, no. that... Like, Ellen, in this case, is not Ellen DeGeneres, although, you know, lately we've been... Lately, that... <laughs> if anyone has not been on uh, Twitter and had this whole Ellen thread about how she's a raging cunt, please find it. Anyway, yeah. sidebar. Anyway, I don't think that there were stories about her being a sexual harasser, though. No. Just that she's a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Um, allegedly you know, in the way that she treats staff and the way that she treats regular human beings that she encounters in restaurants. Yeah. Um, and stories like this have been circulating about Ellen for a long time. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres. But anyway, in this case, this is not like 
a producer at the Ellen show who right. is dealing with the real Ellen and there's this power indifference. I don't see any mention of that here. Mm-hmm. Um, by all means, buy the book and any HR people listening will say like, shut up, Lainey and Sasha. The first thing you should do is go and talk to HR. Mm-hmm. Me, Elaine, Lainey, and you, Sasha, our mm-hmm. approach would just first be to be like, hey, remember what you said back there in the lunchroom? That was fucking offside. Like, can you yeah. not do that anymore? And then like first strike. Don't give it three strikes. Give it like – that is the the one chance. And then if it happens again from Ellen, then you go to HR. That is my approach as – That would be my approach too. Like you yeah. lay down the hammer and if she doesn't get that hint, then yes, yeah. you have to go to HR. Yeah. The other thing too is – you know, if we had not heard that she, like typically our advice, Lainey, is when someone is doing something that you don't like, we kind of playfully hit back. So I like that Kara mentioned that she tried that attempt and it still fucking didn't go. So that's why I would escalate, as we've just said, to take it to the next step to actually talk to her seriously about it. Yeah. Um, And then see if she can curb her behavior from there. That's what I would do. And by the yeah. way, like I would, before you do that, I would um, – this is what Lainey would do. I would um, – everything that you just wrote to us, Kara, I would write down and enter a log, like start a journal. Then also journal when you confront Ellen, date and time. Um, and then if it happens again, then you have your own documentation that you can bring to HR. Mm-hmm. And I feel like – you know what? Listen, I I don't know this for sure, but it sounds like Ellen is like uh uh like just trying to find an ally at work and is just trying to probably be young and cool or or something, trying to make some sort of connection. I'll be doing it totally wrong, but I I have a feeling that Ellen isn't a horrible person. That I think that if you do actually have this conversation with her, she will probably change her behavior. You know, and it doesn't have to get it doesn't have to go to that next level. But, you know, to your point that you said before, Sash, if this were a man in a workplace, then, you know, so many of those instances have happened, right? Yeah, but the difference is there's there, she's trying to have this commonality, right? Yeah. There is no commonality between a man and a, and a woman. Sure. In that way, right? So yeah. it's like the same thing if I walked by you and said some sort of Chinese thing yeah. and we didn't really know each other I was just like hey oh and like how's your chopsticks or something like that <laughs> something okay. fucking useless like that and P.S. everybody only Sasha can say that or people like Sasha can say that of course she is Chinese hence why Ellen feels like she can say that to Kara right because she feels like they are a united front all I'm saying is Ellen doesn't sound like an evil ass motherfucker I'm just giving Ellen a little bit of yeah a little space here that well, she, she's probably going to be able to learn from this. It's not like you're giving Ellen space. Kara's giving Ellen the space, she is, right? Like she that's is, yeah. why she gave us all that context that, yeah. you know, Ellen is this person and, you know, in her life, she hasn't had anybody to relate to in yeah. the workplace. Yeah. Um, that said, her comments are making you uncomfortable. They are offside. And as, I mean, it's not like you don't know this, but you've probably considered confronting her before. And mm-hmm. so she probably should Kara should confront her well no I don't want to say that I okay right I were Kara would confront her and you Sasha also would do that right we're just allegedly 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 
I'm marking this up. Not sure where the HR handbook is on for that, but right. that is what I would do as an individual okay. in this world. Yes, check. And I would log all of it before I went to HR. Okay. Right? I feel like we're in agreement. Yeah. But also let us know if you actually work for Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I only like, this is what I'm so curious about there. Every week that we've been in quarantine, I feel like there's a week of cancellations of every celebrity. It was, uh, who was it? It was Timothy Chalamet. Then it was, um, um that was so, that was okay, a non-cancellation. Sure, but give me, give me, give me that. Like, it was Timothy Vanessa Chalamet. Hudgens. Then it was Vanessa Hudgens. Then it was Ellen DeGeneres. Evangeline then it's Kanye. Lee. Oh, Evangeline. Yeah. Every, like just people are getting canceled. Um, wasn't Kanye already canceled? Anyway, whatever. I, every, everything in life is BC before Corona and coronavirus and whatever, AD, (laughs) whatever that stands for. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) Dear God. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Last Saturday, I was to go to lunch with two friends, two retired friends. I canceled as I was already getting uncomfortable about going out in public if not necessary. I texted them and said I wasn't comfortable. I was already dealing with the public at work on the daily and was starting to get worried. One of the friends texted back, I knew you would, and then, I will not be consumed by panic. I think you are overreacting. I thought that was rude. I said I didn't appreciate her sneering at me. I'm just following public health advice. She said she wasn't sneering, just giving her opinion. So she hasn't spoken to me since. They still went to lunch. I'm really annoyed with both of them, honestly, but the friend who made the comments more so. We've had issues in the past, and I've wondered about whether this friendship is worth it to me. She has completely opposite political views to me, likes Trump, which says it all. I'm certainly opinionated about things and at times do come on too strong. I know it's a character flaw of mine. It's hard to constantly censor myself around her. We've been friends a really long time, but this event and others in the past, I'm questioning whether I need to reach out. The only way this latest freeze will end is if I make the effort to end it. I've apologized in the past, but I've never received one in return. I don't know that I have enough in common anymore. I'm very conflicted. I'm also really mad that neither of them have altered their behavior during COVID-19. Still going out to bars and restaurants, having family gatherings like absolutely nothing is going on. It makes me crazy. How do you navigate friendships that were already tenuous during times like this? I don't have a lot of close friends, so this is hard for me. Thanks, Sarah. I mean, isn't this where we are right now? Yeah. Um, uh, I think think this is the time where people show their true colors a little bit. In times of crisis, you kind of see what your friends are made of. Thank God. And like who they are, what they stand for. And like, I thank fucking God that our group of friends luckily are more likely than not on the same page. And I think about it, if I was living in the States, if I had a close friend, like Lainey, if you started being like a Trump supporter, I don't know how 
I, it would, it would, that goes beyond politics for me. So, um, I would have trouble like our writer, um, about how to continue a friendship when the fundamentals, uh, are, are not there. Like the way that you fundamentally think about things. Uh, I think it's good to be challenged. I think it's good to have like open discussions, uh, with your friends, but I don't know. And especially now, like to see that your friends or to hear that your friends are like going out and, and still not taking this seriously, uh, makes my blood boil to the point where I think I now have a fever. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think Sarah should reach out and like work it out? Uh, no, I would give this some breather time. Um, I feel like everyone's heightened with stress and anxiety that I don't think it's the right time to have this discussion. In fact, I think it's a really good time that you are separated from her so that you can kind of file away what kind of friendship it is, what she offers to it. Does she make you happy? Does she fulfill you? Um, and I think after this is said and done, I think you'll probably come up with a different answer. I think we're all going to kind of realize what's important to us and what's not important to us after this phase is over. Um, so I would take this time to really ruminate if she is worthy of your friendship. Yeah, I, your chair is squeaky. Sorry, I know. Fuck, what do you want me to do? I don't know. I'm just telling you. Hold on. <laughs> Listen, I'm talking on a microphone that's sitting on a lamp. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> hey, everybody. We should mention, because we forgot to mention off the top, we're doing this over FaceTime. We're trying to make it work during um, lockdown. So you're going to hear different sounds that Yasik might not be able to remove from the recording. And we're really sorry. Let us know if you have any other audio issues. Anyway, back <laughs> to Sarah and yeah. her friends who are not um, adhering to social distancing recommendations. Uh, I think I agree with you. I, I, I feel bad because Sarah has mentioned that she doesn't have a lot of good friends. So of course the ones you do have, you want to keep in your life. Mm-hmm. But as you said, also, I don't think, I think this is about character. I think mm-hmm. this is about, um, prioritizing the collective well, goodness, mm-hmm. the collective, what health collective benefit safety yeah personal over and um i it i think that for both of us it's been well for many people it's been infuriating particularly i guess if you work in the healthcare community how infuriating it must be to see images of people still going to the beach um images of people crowding the subway um when you know that you're putting your life on the line every single day to go to work, to save lives, to help people Mm -hmm. get better. And some people just aren't being responsible and not listening to science. Mm -hmm. Like this seems to be the tipping point for Sarah, right? It doesn't sound like her friend or friends. These two people have really been that great even before this, right? This is just kind of highlighted the fact that they sort of suck. Yeah. Also, there's nowhere to go anymore. Like last week or whatever, they could go for lunch. But in a lot of places, you can't fucking go out for lunch. Well, I think in this probably, this letter was probably written before things went into like basically lockdown mode. And I think that this was an interesting thing, uh, an interesting pattern we were seeing um, even before 
like probably like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, there were a lot of people out there who were like, you guys, it's just the flu. Um, I had people telling me that constantly. And it was so hard to be like, mm, but it's, but it's not the flu. Like this is, this is some fucking crazy shit that's about to happen. And sometimes it takes people to catch up to where we're all at right well, now. I will fully acknowledge that was me. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, okay, before it ramped up, I was like, okay, let's not overreact. And this was, yeah. let's call it, I don't know, 10 weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, um, or like maybe, in February, maybe even like yeah, eight weeks ago or whatever. And I was like, okay, let's, let's not overreact. I think we should still be careful, but let's, I don't think, like, I didn't, I didn't think that back in like end of January and February, we needed to be in lockdown. Um, and now of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, let me put my hand up first and say, hey, like I was lo- looking at the headlines. I was reading everything I could. And at the time, what I was reading was in North America, let's call it like first, second week of February, it didn't seem like we needed to go into lockdown yet. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now, however, after all the information, uh, undeniable information from basically all scientists in every country, yes, this is what is required. So mm-hmm. I try not to leave my house at all. Right. I would be curious to know what Sarah's friends say now. <laughs> Like, I wonder if she's talked to them and, and, and I wonder the apology that she was looking for has come or will be coming. Right. Cause she's like, I've apologized before for my heated behavior. Yeah. I wonder, but I've never gotten one from this chick. Yeah. So a, I mean, for me, I still stand by what I said earlier, which is like, take this time and take stock of this friendship. If it's really worth it. Sure. You might not have a lot of friends, but it's, I would rather have zero friends than have two fucking subpar ones. Um, and then, um, do that. And then simultaneously, you can see how and if she um, reacts to this whole COVID-19 situation and actually, you know, fucking woman's up and says, hey, Sarah, I was actually a fucking cocksucker. Uh, what you were saying was true. Like maybe there will be a room for her to apologize and then, you know, we can take it from there. But for right now, I wouldn't be reaching out to her right now because tensions are high. Can we sidebar, though, speaking of tensions? Okay. So we have all seen like the footage from Florida to Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you and I both have Vancouver connections. Basically, Mm -hmm. Vancouver is now the Florida of fucking Canada. I know. I hate that so much. Thank you, 604. Um, That's the area code, by the way, of Vancouver. (laughs) But anyway, even in our neighborhood, there are people who are not adhering to social distancing recommendations. Like- uh, I try not to go out too much, but we have dogs, so we are taking the dogs out for walks, and there mm-hmm. are people meeting up for coffee, and yeah, it's crazy going for walks together. And uh, is it okay to <laughs> yell at people <laughs> to call out people who are not properly social distancing? Let's say that I'm out with my dogs, mm-hmm. and I walk by a group which, you know, just happened. I walk by a group of like three or four people and they're clearly not of the same household. Mm. Can I be like, hey, uh, or dirty scatter or whatever. <laughs> in some neighborhoods, like my cousin lives in a neighborhood where if like, because there, there have been a lot of people um, at, at the playground, which you're not supposed to be at, right? 
Right. And so in her neighborhood, people are rolling down the car window and being like, get the fuck home. <laughs> Which I, if I, I don't know if I have the balls to do yet, but I actually think if you do like lady, I think you actually do have that bite in you that you could do it. I think you should, because this isn't like an opinion. This isn't like a, uh, this isn't, this is, as we've talked about, is based on fucking size, science and is a fucking health crisis, right? Like, and it fucks up everybody if people don't abide by the rules. So yes, I do think it's okay for people. I don't know how to do it in a non-aggressive way, to be quite honest with you, um, because it's infuriating and they're clearly not getting the hint from anybody else. So yes, I think the next time you walk by somebody with your fucking goddamn dogs and ideally, yes, it's there with you. You say something. Well, this, this I haven't left my house in fucking days, so I don't <laughs> even know that people exist. This just happened because we walked our dogs and we walked by a group of teenagers. There were three teenagers and they were like huddled in <sighs> like in an underpass. Probably and they were like drinking pop or I don't know, whatever it is. There were three of them. And I looked at Yasik and I was like, you know what? Even if we went up to them maintaining a six foot distance and said, hey guys, you really should not be here and doing uh-huh. this. What would they care? Like they're 17 or 16 and here come these two adults with their matching dogs and lecturing us. Fuck you. They, they'd wait for us to walk away. They'd give us the finger behind our back or to our faces and they'd still stay there. Like, you know, you know that. I guess so. But at least you got to say it. At least you did something. Right. I think, isn't that important? Sure. They might not listen. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do. Clearly their parents don't give a shit if they let them outside the goddamn house. Um, but at least you do your part as a citizen. Yeah. I, I don't know that. Anyway, I don't, I want to live wherever your cousin lives. That's where I want to live. That sounds like (laughs) they're doing things fucking right. Anyway, Sarah, I hope that helped you. Good luck. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Thank you for observing social distancing, physical distancing, physical distancing. Actually, yes. Okay. Finally, dear lady and Sasha, since we're all in quarantine and therapy is not an option, I figured I'd toss this problem at you two. Over the last year and a half, my best friend, we'll call her T of many years, we had a slow, painful falling out, drifting away of sorts. It was an all give, very little take relationship towards the end. We still talk in group settings, but I realized it's best for me to keep her at arm's length. Problem is, since we were so close, she's part of all my social circles. Now is a good time. To, uh, now is a good time to let you know we are all in our early twenties. Hence the drama. T had a small meltdown recently after she found out me and one of our mutual friends V hung out and did not invite her. V and I have been hanging out one on one for months before this, so I'm not sure why this triggered T. Regardless. She directly confronted me, and I couldn't say what I was honestly thinking without blowing up our friend group. She later apologized for the outburst, but it won't be the last time something like this comes up. The question I have is, how have you guys navigated breakups within friend groups, especially if your former ride or die is kind of a selfish ass sometimes? Any tips for healing that wound would also be appreciated. Thanks. Chelsea, my fake name of choice. Thank you for giving us a fake name, Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea. Okay. Is, How are you feeling about this? She is the ex-best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had a slow backpedal. Like, not a backpedal, right. like a slow breakup, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But they All fall right. in the same social circles. Yeah. So, um, 
All right. T What's your vibe? T confronted Chelsea and um, she apologized afterwards. Yeah. All right. Well, clear, clearly T is probably has some pent up sadness, right? I'm sure when you, as you said, it was a very painful breakup. Uh, just because it's a friend doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt as much as it would. I mean, it hurts usually more than when you break up with just like, uh, like a partner or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, so there's still residue pain. And clearly T's outburst was based from maybe a sadness, maybe a bit of a jealousy, right? Like she, even though you guys might not ever be tight again, it's still sad to see that, you know, see your ex-best friend being close with somebody else. Yeah. I agree. I think that that came from a place of hurt. Like, hey, I, I, I wasn't included. That is painful. Um, and going forward, I don't know that you have any other option but to just deal with it with compassion. Yes. You do you. Go ahead and make plans and spend time with the people you want to spend time with. But when someone has a reaction like that, when they're hurt, I guess, I'm not saying you have to like eat it on your knees, but expect that there might be a reaction and it won't be like pleasant, but Mm. it's coming from hurt. And so I don't, and you did the right thing. Like she didn't blow shit up. Chelsea didn't blow shit shit up. So like, you know, props to you, Chelsea, for not, what, what is that expression? Um, Biting? Taking the bait? Yeah. 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 Props to you for not taking the bait. And I guess continue to do that as the bigger person, understanding from a place of compassion that this person is lashing out because of feeling hurt. I'm not come. Sorry, hmm. go ahead. Well, and also coming from a place where you know T so well. You said that she was a selfish ass, right? So this is this is part of her characteristic flaw that you very much um, have been privy to, probably one of the reasons why you stepped back from the friendship anyway. I feel like the pro here is that you both kind of are at a social distance knowing your roles. Chelsea, you seem like this grounded person who isn't going to, as Lainey say, bite the bait. And T is this kind of spastic, selfish, selfish, outbursting type, but then she apologizes after. Listen, that's not the most ideal situation, but it seems like there has been a dance that can continue in order for your social circle to continue. So it's like, I wish I had advice, but it almost seems like you guys are figuring out a way as best as you can to figure this out, right? Like Chelsea's just going to fucking try to not um, uh, engage. And T, when she does her outbursts or get selfish, seemingly knows about it after. What's that term that you always say when people, when you like realize, you were talking about when you're petty, you're petty and then you realize that you're like, you give yourself a, like a couple of days and you realize how fucking petty you are. I have a term like that? Yeah, you came up. Anyway, whatever. But my (laughs) point being, at least he recognizes that she was wrong and was able to apologize to you. Right. So it doesn't seem like there's an easy fix for this, but right now it seems like you guys have kind of, even though it's not super ideal, have figured out a way to still remain in the same social circle. Yeah. I mean, both people have to acclimate to the new reality. Yeah. And she clearly is having a harder time acclimating. Yeah. And listen, don't like rule out the possibility of you maybe mm-hmm. reacting weirdly if 
T ends up hanging out with somebody you're into and or not into in that way, but someone you're close to, you might have a reaction too. And, um, and that's totally normal. I also want to say here that I don't think T's reaction is abnormal. I think it's very human to feel a certain way when you're left out and when you know about it. So, um, approach, I mean, I don't want to be like, (laughs) I don't want to like, um, give advice that is directly quoting Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, fuck. Why not? She's literally being strung through this whole podcast. Please. What does Ellen say? No, because her tagline, I think, is like, be kind to others or whatnot. Okay, right. Which clearly, or not clearly, but allegedly, she doesn't practice. (laughs) But um, I think if you do the mind tweak of approaching the situation with kindness and compassion, like thinking of sympathetically that, hey, yeah, it's kind of... Like, it would be kind of fucked up to feel left out and to know you were left out and to know you weren't invited. So I'm going to feel bad for her and yeah. to have compassion. Then maybe this won't bug you so much. I totally agree. Also, the other little chip to this is the control. You can really only ever control your own behavior. And so keep on going with the line that you are, which is just like above board, being respectful, Um that's all you can do, right? If she freaks out, she freaks out. Just don't engage because then that will that will blow up everything. If you guys start bickering again, nobody's going to want to hang out with you. So if you can just do it all quite like above board, then I think everyone can continue on. And then you don't put your friends in a position where they have to fucking pick and choose. And especially, as you said, we're all in quarantine. So it's going to be real hard to like you know, in quarantine, have confrontations with people over house party. Although I would love if. <laughs> what, we, we had a fight during No, I would love a house if, party? Like, no, no, no. I would love hearing about a house party fight. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what house party is, it's a really great app uh, for these times where you can just invite all your friends and hang out. But what's weird about house party is you can jump into other people's house party. That's where you're going to see the fucking fights. Only if you haven't locked your party. Which I can't right. believe isn't like a thing. You always actually, as soon as we're in a party, you're always the first person Do to I? fucking lock it. Yeah, because you're fucking stranger danger. Well, that's true. Even <laughs> even through the internet in these times, I am a stranger danger. It's true. Um. Anyway, no, but like in these times of quarantine, like can you imagine like people are going to take their in-person fights over to house party? Do you think so? And- well, fuck, I hope so. Not I don't hope for bad things to happen and drama, but as we have said before, we're trying to ramp up these podcasts. So send if your you questions. you have house party drama? Yes. If you let have us quarantine know. drama, please, yes, let us know. And email me at sasha at laneygossip.com. And uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave comments and reviews. We hope all of you are healthy. We hope you're safe. We hope you're social distancing. We hope that this is over sooner rather than later. But um, in the meantime, we're here for you. So let us know what... Uh, let us know what what you what you need solved for you. Yeah, we're here for your drama. Not that you and I can solve anything. <laughs> we probably I know we just have create more drama. <laughs> but still, we're here for you. We're still here for you. Okay, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 